Good morning, Wisconsin. It is Monday. We are, of course, doing Monday Morning Quarterbacks with Greg Matzik, who joins me on the line. Good morning, Greg. Hey, good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm okay. So I watched the Packers game yesterday, and uh, as, as, as a season ticket holder and a Packers fan, there's a couple things that, uh, I, that come to front, front of mind here. The first one is the Clay Matthews call. Uh, we could spend the whole half hour talking about the inconsistencies in the calls. Wayne mentioned it, the fact that Aaron Rodgers had been hit, I think, in a much more egregious fashion, didn't get called. The NFLs they're doubling down, tripling down on this new interpretation of, of the rules. But for, for football fans, what do we make of this? Well, it's just it's kind of an over-exaggeration of a rule to try and protect the quarterback, and I don't think anything is going to change unless advertisers start to pull the plug. The NFL is clearly only concerned with the bottom line, not concerned about fan enjoyment. So if uh, fans start turning off TV sets uh, and the ratings plummet, well, that doesn't do enough until uh, advertisers start to pull the plug. I think that's, it's as simple as that. Nothing is going to change. This is the rule. We have to live with it. What I don't like is the inconsistencies in the rule. I see Aaron Rodgers corkscrewed to the ground in one play with no penalty called, and I see a perfect form tackle by Clay Matthews on another play, and I see a flag called. So uh, and at least give credit to Matthews for getting to the quarterback. It's something that the other members of the Packers' defense can't seem to do. Do you think this could backfire? Could some NFL defensive players say, you know what, I'm just going, I'm going at him. I'm not going to pull back. As we both know, the, uh, the NFL quarterbacks are some of the best athletes on the planet. If you try to pull back or try to not tackle somebody, they will spin away from your, from your arms. They will continue to play. There's a risk there. And if you don't do what your job has always told you to do, grasp, take to the ground, it changes the dynamic of the game. Well, it definitely does, and you've already seen it this season. Look at the Mike Daniels play against Minnesota, where he thought Kirk Cousins threw the football. Daniels sort of bumped into Cousins, but didn't follow through with wrapping him up or taking him to the ground, even though Cousins did a pump fake. Daniels thought the ball was gone. He didn't want to risk penalty or fine, so he backed off. And, and so it's already affecting the way guys are playing this game. From Clay Matthews' perspective, again, we could sit here week after week and say, I don't know what a guy's supposed to do. I still don't know the answer to that, other than maybe you start playing the ball instead of the body of the quarterback. But even then, you're talking about a dramatic difference in in how you approach things if you're a guy designed to get to the quarterback. Talking to Greg Matzik, Monday morning quarterbacks heard after every Packers game this season. Let's shift to yet my other big complaint is this defense supposedly retooled new defensive coordinator and we're seeing a team that's playing 30 minutes of good defense. Does it depends on which half you're looking at. Can't get it done. Same problems on defense. No pass rush. Not getting to these uh, to the quarterback. And then the other side of this is chasing receivers versus defending the pass in some uh, some long pass plays. I'm not sure what to make of this. It is week three, but I think Packer fans who have watched this team for as long as a lot of us have. This is the same old, same old on defense, and we're, we're, we're interested to see what's being changed to fix it. The, the biggest difference in, in Mike Pettin's defense from Don Capers is the blitz rate. Mike Pettin is not blitzing as much as Don Capers did. Now, you might ask why. Well, I, to me, I'm seeing you know, multiple pressures coming, but I'm not seeing any of it get home. So they're sinking more people back into coverage when they're going with a standard rush. Uh, but when they bring guys up to the line of scrimmage, they're leaving the back end a little vulnerable. You saw explosive plays yesterday of 46 yards, 34, 41, and 50 for the Redskins. And then you saw defensive pass interference calls that led to gains of 26 and 31. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's problematic. I mean, that is, that is way too many explosive plays. And it led to points and shortened the field and made life easier for the Redskins offense. I think your first point is the point that I'm most concerned about, and that is an extreme lack of pass rush 
by the Packers. Nick Perry's a, you know, $11 million invisible man right now getting to the quarterback. Uh, the blitzes from the safety position or cornerback position aren't getting home. They're not generating enough pressure on the interior. I thought the run defense was actually doing a decent job, and then you look at the stats, and they gave up about 166 yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it it, it, it kind of comes and goes with this defense. I look in the second half, and, and the Redskins had more three and outs uh, than the entire game, uh, just in the third and fourth quarter alone. So I don't know if that's the defense fighting back or if that's the Redskins offense getting a little conservative, but it, it remains in Green Bay the best defense for the Packers is their offense. And when their offense struggles – you can't hang the hat on the defense to win a game. And we saw examples of that yesterday. The Packers' offense was sloppy, and all of a sudden they had a giant hole to dig out of, and, and the defense can't really stop the bleeding once it starts. And it was 28 points put up in the first half by the Redskins. The damage was done. Talking to Greg Matzik, Steve Kitty with you as well. Monday morning quarterbacks. Before we go to break, I'm going to give you my player of the game. I'm giving it to Aaron Rodgers. Again, a warrior on the field, taking the hits, as you said, hammered to the ground, on a play that should have been called that wasn't if you're going by the new rules. Uh, two touchdowns, almost 300 yards passing. He just shows up despite whatever injuries he has and does the job for the Packers. What do you, who do you have, Greg? I have Geronimo Allison. It's the third week in a row now. He's been in, involved in, in a big play, one of the bigger plays of the game for the Packers on offense. I think there was a lot of questioning if, if Allison could, could step into a, a greater role. He was kind of an invisible man last year without Aaron Rodgers showed up late in the season the year before as an undrafted pre-agent rookie. Uh, but he seems to be a big play threat. And uh, if they roll double coverage to Devontae Adams, they got to be cautious now because Allison's got the speed to run away, and, and he's in, in line with Aaron Rodgers' way of thinking. And, and that's also critical for the wide receiver. Greg Matzik, Steve Scafidi joining you. Monday morning quarterbacks after the break, our drive of the game. Well, there's not a lot of, not, not a lot to pick from, but uh, we will do that. Also, our pack stat of the game coming up a little bit later. You can weigh in as well, 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage talking text line. If you have a question for Greg on that Packers loss yesterday to the Washington Redskins, more next right here on WTMJ. Another one of those plays that could have been Lance Kendricks not having a great game yesterday. Steve Scafidi with Greg Matzik. Monday morning quarterbacks. Greg, drive of the game. I'm going to make it easy. I'm just picking the Geronimo Allison long touchdown pass, vintage Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they didn't have a lot of great success yesterday in any part of their offense, but uh, for that play, that is my drive of the game. It was a short one, four plays, 78 yards. There you uh, go. Just two minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, you had a little bit of run, a little bit of pass on there, a third down conversion. Uh, and that made it 21 to 10. Uh, that was still in the first half of the game. So, you know, from a cosmetic standpoint, it, it, it looked a little bit better going into the half, you thought. Uh, but then the Redskins came back and scored a touchdown going into the half. Uh, Mike McCarthy didn't use his timeouts. I thought he should have. Uh, that made the, the final drive for the Packers before the half it just really compressed for time. And uh, I don't even know if it was a 61 yard attempt. It looked like J.K. Scott couldn't quite get his hand on the snap and uh, wasn't even a field goal attempt to round out the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And who'd you have for the? What'd you have for the drive of the game? Yeah, same thing. I, I don't know where else to go. You got one touchdown in a, in a game, and um, or you know one meaningful touchdown at that point. Um, you had the touchdown to Adams. I thought was an impressive drive. That was actually 15 plays, 75 yards. Uh, made it 28 to 17. You had also four third down conversions on that drive to start the second half. So this is where you thought maybe the momentum was going to change. But the highlight you played coming back, that was the second consecutive drop on a play that ultimately defined a drive so the play uh, the drive before the second drive in the second half of the Packers it was a fourth and two that Randall Cobb dropped a relatively easy pitch and catch 
The next drive, that third and ten play, Lance Kendricks drops the ball. It would have been about a 35-yard gain for the Packers. So that's back-to-back drives. So when your defense finally started to correct itself in the second half, the offense just couldn't get away from the sloppiness. So uh, one great drive in the second half and, and then some – some back-breaking plays, really, that stalled the Packers' scoring opportunities. Greg Matzik joining you, Monday Morning Quarterbacks. Greg got a couple on the Acunet Mortgage talking text line. Uh, one of the uh, one of the texters says, uh, "Is the Clay Matthews penalty a reputational penalty?" And he said that one of the announcers said that. Tony Dungy said that. What does that mean? Do you think there's something uh, to that? Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think Clay has a, a long history of you know roughing the passer calls, but you know this season he's been in focus more than any. And uh, the subject of whatever NFL tape is being created and shown to other teams around the league. Um, so it, he was far more vocal about it after this week's game than he was last week's game. He was kind of diplomatic in, in his thoughts, but uh, after yesterday's game, he said, hey, the NFL is getting soft. <laughs> and I thought it was in a, a completely accurate line, and it'll probably cost him a few dollars out of his next paycheck, but... Uh, I, I don't know what players are supposed to do, and I don't expect a walkout to happen anytime soon, but I'll be interested to see what happens in the next collective bargaining agreement. If the Players Association has, has any recourse or if there's any pushback on this rule or other rules, perhaps, in the NFL. I think it's interesting, Greg, that the NFL's tried to figure out what is a catch and what's not a catch. They're trying to figure out roughing the passer and, and a noble intent to try to, to protect the, the probably the most valuable players in every franchise, but they seem to have messed the bet on, on both instances. Well, it, it's, it's again, it's, it's interpretation, and, and that's what is concerning to me, and you're talking about pretty major penalties in a given game. So uh, the pool report suggested that it was Clay's body weight landing on Alex Smith yesterday. That's what drew the flag. So, I mean, if that's the rule, that's the rule, but I, I don't know how you rush the quarterback, tackle him without putting body weights on the quarterback, right? I mean, I don't, I don't understand what else you're supposed to do, uh, where else you're supposed to hit him. Uh, and I saw a far more egregious hit earlier in the game when a guy corkscrewed Aaron Rodgers to the ground, mm-hmm. and, and there was no penalty called there. So, again, it's consistency. Uh, it's not being called consistency or, uh, consistently around the league, but these penalties are up over years past. The Packers have five this year. Mm-hmm. They had one all of last year. So, uh, clearly there's an adjustment here by all teams around the league. A uh, match from Sheboygan, and this, this is something that always happens when a team uh, suffers a little bit on the field. The, uh, time to get rid of Coach McCarthy. That's not going to happen, but it is, there's a thought. And let me put it this way. Let me rephrase that. When you see teams that, that come out and are, seem to be unprepared, especially the defense, it does raise your, your eyebrow when you're, as a fan and say, are you, are you ready for this game? Are you, are you relying too much on what you're comfortable doing and not looking at what your opponent can do to, to uh, combat that? Yeah, you know, in the Packers' first drive uh, offensively, it ended with a Randall Cobb drop on third and nine. Their second drive ended with a bad pass from Aaron Rodgers. It was just behind Devontae Adams. So uh, you had uh, effectively just, you know, two, three and outs to start the game. Meanwhile, the Redskins, it took them four plays to find Kentrell Bryce for a 47-yard touchdown. So uh, that was just an awful beginning. And I don't know what to relate it to. You go back to they had that Wednesday off following a, a long overtime game in warm weather. I'd like to think a professional athlete can use a week to recover and be ready to go. Uh, Mike McCarthy doesn't often cancel practice on a Wednesday. He did. It was more of a, a mental preparation day. You also saw the Vikings get smacked by the Bills mm-hmm. over the weekend. So uh, just when you think you understand the NFL, right? Uh, but I will say this about Mike McCarthy. I, I think he's been a fine coach for a number of years with the Packers. I think he's tried to evolve his coaching habits and styles to be in tune with today's NFL. 
but he's also, I think, out of options, right? You, you lost your defensive coordinator. You brought in a new offensive coordinator. You, you've gone through coordinators and position coaches. McCarthy's back on a one-year deal. If the results aren't there at the end of the season, there's no one else to let go of other than the head coach. So it's a very important year for Mike McCarthy and for his professional life. Uh, and it is really for all these guys. But I, you can't just keep dicing coordinators and expect the results to change. Good stuff, Greg Matzik. Steve Fitty joining him Monday morning quarterbacks after the break. The pack stat of the game. I'm going with the ground game, the stuff they gave up on the ground. We'll see what Greg has to say. That's all next right here on WTMJ. That was one of the highlights from yesterday's loss to the Redskins. Greg Matzik, Steve Pretty joining you Monday morning quarterbacks. One of the one of the uh, texters, the Akin Mortgage Talking Text Line, Greg says, is Adrian Peterson just that good or is the Packer defense just that bad against the run game? That's my pack stat of the game. 166 yards given up by this defense yesterday in Washington. Well, Peterson still got it. I think there's something to be said about that. But, you know, when, when you're in, you know, third in manageable situations and you're down in distance, it is favorable to have the playbook wide open. You know, that's what happens. Um, you know, the sledding wasn't quite the same for Peterson in the second half as it was the first half. I, I think of that late drive, he had uh, the most yards uh, in the half. Uh, it, they just kind of were salting the game away. But he was a factor. There's no question about it. He was a factor. And, they picked him up uh, for a reason. They had a, a, a slew of injuries uh, to the Redskins' backfield. They found Peterson, who came in, and I, he doesn't look much different to me. They look tough. I mean, he, he ran like the old Adrian Peterson. And my, I guess my question for you, Greg, we, we hit on this a little bit earlier. For, for new defensive quarter, coordinator Mike Pettin, what do we make of this? Inconsistent play in the first three weeks of the season. I don't know if injuries are, the, are a huge factor. There have been some. What do we, what do we take away from these first three games? I think it's players. I don't think it matters what defensive coordinator is running the ship right now. I think it comes down to talent. And right now, in my opinion, there's a talent gap on the Packers' defense. And just think about it this way. What can the Packers hang their hat on to win a ball game? If something goes wrong, what, where can they lean on? What can they lean on? And it's not the defense. I look at Chicago. They have a young quarterback, and, and he's you know kind of all over the place at times. They've got a backbone, and it's their defense. If Aaron Rodgers has an off day and the offense kind of struggles, the Packers can't lean on their defense. Uh, they can make plays here and there, and they've had flashes, yes, but uh, this is not a consistently strong unit. And to me, it's it's more about talent than anything else. Uh, blitzes aren't getting home. Their coverage is just okay to not great. Uh, they, they do miss Kevin King. There's no question about that. But overall, this unit is just it, it's not full of marquee talent. There are some name-brand players but it doesn't have marquee talent. And you have to be able to get to the quarterback. So this goes to my stat of the game. Uh, it's the number four. And the number four speaks to the number of sacks the Redskins were able to generate on a slow track in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, the Packers, they had zero sacks. Now, keep in mind, the Redskins started the game without one of their starting offensive linemen and lost a second in the first quarter. And the Packers still couldn't generate much pressure. So it, it, it seems to not matter who you have in your defensive backfield, if you can't move the quarterback off his spot and affect his game, it's pitch and catch. And the rules are designed to protect the quarterback, as we know. So uh, put it all together here, and I think the Packers' lack of pass rush has been the most disappointing aspect of their first three weeks. That's Greg Matzik. I'm Steve Scafidi. That's another week of Monday morning quarterbacks. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Greg. All right, Steve. You know, I'll say this about the Packers' game, and, and I, I have been a very – complimentary about uh, coach McCarthy and I encouraged him to replace his defensive coordinator but just from a fan's perspective 
this is a broken record. This is the same situation year after year after year since they were on top of their game when they won the Super Bowl and the years after that. Inability to stop teams on third down. No pass rush. Not willing to take the extra step and bring in free agents to solidify a defense that can actually make it easier for Aaron Rodgers to get on the field to do what he does best. And I'm sorry, this is a breakdown here, and after three games, it doesn't look very good. And as a fan, we deserve better than this. A fan shouldn't have to point out to an organization what needs to improve, and yet we say that, and we hear the same answers game after game after game. It's not good enough. you got the greatest quarterback in the league who's still playing at a very high level. The rest of the team, not so much. And it's not just about players. It's about the coaching that drives those players to success. And frankly, you, you see how, how quickly Chicago turned around their defense. It's embarrassing to see that happen there, yet the same problems ongoing in Green Bay. Absolutely embarrassing. Week three, understood. 1-1-1, one, one, and one, not the end of the world.